Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Since we're so close to 10 epi- or 100 episodes, we've decided to just go ahead and do this on a Wednesday instead of our typical Friday. So welcome everybody to We Do Recover, episode 99. I have a, a special guest for several reasons, right? So I got I got my buddy Darren Judd here. I work with Darren at Steps Recovery Centers. Darren is also an advanced substance use disorder counselor. I'll let him introduce himself a little bit more, um, but he's come on today, maybe share a little bit of his story, but through the topic of marrying motivation with discipline, which I'm excited to do. Before we get to that, though, episode 99 is brought to us by Steps Recovery Centers. Steps Recovery Centers is ready to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out. Reach out by giving them a call at 801-800-8142. Or you can just go directly to their website. That's stepsrc.com. I'm pretty sure they got a link. You can live chat with with somebody if if, if you need help or your loved one needs help. Uh, Steps Recovery Centers has a detox, inpatient, outpatient, aftercare, from start to finish. I mean, they're all the way up in, in Utah County. They're down here in southern Utah or Washington County. Um, from the top to the bottom of St. George, or top to the bottom of Utah, we love them. Thank, uh, thank you guys for sponsoring this podcast. Man, I need to take a breath or something, right? Can you hear like the nerve? You're nervous. You got me nervous. Yeah. Here we go. We're rock and rolling. Uh, episode 99 is also brought to us by Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line uh, that, that helps mental health. So we got two formulas, two products here. The first one is going to be Mindful Mood. Mindful Mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. It's the feel-good one, right? I call it the weekend or the, the, the night version, right? And then we have Mind Shift. Mind Shift is all about increasing focus and optimizing brain function. Uh, yeah, that's the get up and go in the morning. Like, I don't know. You've tried them both. Yeah, tried them both. Yeah, my favorite is the mind shift. I mean, Mandy's favorite, she's sitting over there in the corner, is the mindful mood. I mean, everybody has their thing, right? Yep. I love the the focus and get going, and yeah, it's good stuff. So for the month of October, I almost forgot about this. For the month of October, to help celebrate my wife's birthday, we are doing, she, she turned 30 this year, and we are doing 30% off. So at checkout, if you type in promo code BDAY30, it saves you 30% off your entire purchase. doesn't matter if you order one bottle or 100 bottles. It's going to be 30% off of everything. Again, that's B-D-A-Y-3-0 at checkout and save 30% off. You go to riseupsubs.com. That's R-I-S-E-U-P-S-U-P-S dot C-O-M, riseupsubs.com. We got all that out of the way. Yeah, and I got to say I agree with your wife. You like the mindful movie That's more. the one I like the most, yeah. Okay. My brain's go, go, go. So if I can get something that just helps me relax a little bit or slow down and focus, it's perfect. You're kind of in that phase of life, though, right? Like A little bit. Yeah, yeah. You're a pretty chill guy. You do a lot of the Wim Hof stuff and meditation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. deprivation tanks. and Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty – I can see that. I can see that. Listen, Darren, we start off with new and goods. We like to practice a little positive. New and good. <laughs> We used to have a button for that. Somebody, <laughs> one of the students came in and erased everything oh, on my no. little buttons. So we have no buttons. I'm sorry. That's totally fine. I actually like just the yelling, okay. too. That's... I'll yell at you anytime you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> so practice a little positive psychology, right? It's real easy to complain about everything going on in mm-hmm. the world. Um, let's start off with you. What's new and good, man? What's going on in your life currently? Well, man, there's lots new and good. Uh, this weather is nice. I was right. actually able to go hiking on Sunday around noon and not die. Yeah. So that was beautiful. Um, what else? I'm new, I'm new to Steps. I haven't been there just uh, 
just through the summer. So I, I feel like I'm really getting to know different aspects of recovery, different treatment modalities. It's a lot of fun. It's fun being on a new team. So that's good. That's new. Um, this podcast is new and good for you, hopefully. Yeah, this is new and good. This is my first uh, first official podcast, um, so I'm excited for that and hopefully bringing some information that that people want to hear. So, Absolutely, dude. I'm so excited to have you on. This is going to be fun. Let's go to Sean. Sean, what is new and good? I'm going to Jamaica tomorrow. Jamaica. Yeah, so I can't take your, uh, your Rise Up Subs with me because I don't want to go through customs and have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... No, I'm actually going to Miami to uh, to DJ another one of my events. And while I was there, I'm like, wait, it's like 100 bucks to fly to Jamaica. Yeah. So the wife and I found an Airbnb. We're going to spend a couple of days in Jamaica on the beach and then fly back. Good for you, so, man. Just a, it's never a real vacation. It's always a work vacation, but I don't care. I'm taking it. I think those are the best. Listen, if you can go somewhere cool and make some money, why not? Well, they're paying to fly me to Miami. So I don't have to worry about that. Right. That's And, and the 100 bucks to fly to Jamaica, big deal. Right. So yeah, it's 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 a win win. Have you ever been there before? No, never. No idea. So Have for a hundred bucks, no, I haven't. So for a hundred bucks, you get a new experience. Exactly. I I hope it's a good experience. I think it's going to be. I can't wait for the <laughs> podcast when you come back. Yeah, that's going to be next week, right? The twenty eighth. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Oh no, no, don't do this to me. What day is the twenty eighth? It's a Friday. Oh yeah, I'll be here. Don't worry. Okay, beautiful. Good. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. You're freaking me out, man. You're freaking me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the life of of scheduling with Sean Deniman, right there. All right, let's see. My new and good. Uh, last week I took some time off. Um, my wife's a teacher, and and for fall break she got some time off. So we went to oh something Baker Dam. Right. It's it's in Utah. It's a beautiful place. The one day we went fishing, I'm, I, I love fishing, right? Mm. So the one day we go fishing at Pine Valley Reservoir, nothing, not even a nibble. The next day we wake up and go to the, to Baker Dam, and just like as fast as we can cast it, oh, we're wow. pulling them in, and they weren't big, right? Like I'm, you know, yeah, they weren't like huge, but but it was fun. A lot of action. I think I caught like what, babe, twelve, and she caught eleven. And hers were bigger than mine, so she tries arguing that they were worth more, right? You know the. It's about weight. Yeah, we're both competitive. It's mm -hmm. cool. It's cool. So that's my new and good is got to get out in nature. It was it was amazing. Lovely. I came back all zen. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can't even make me angry. I'm just so chill right now. How long did it last? It's still going. Uh no, probably about a day. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, yeah. So that was nice. Well, let's get into this thing. So let me go ahead for the listeners that don't know you. You know, I have the luxury of being the host, so I probably talk way too much and have told my story and birthdays and clean dates and all that stuff, right? Darren Judd, are you a husband? Are you a father? I mean, talk to us a little bit about you currently right now. Okay, yeah, uh, definitely a father. It's probably uh, father and husband, my two uh, most important jobs, without a doubt. Um Married to Angelica Judd, who's awesome. Shout out to you, hon. Um, She's a sweetheart. I got to meet her. Yeah, you did. house party, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she had a lot of fun that night, and um, she's a wonderful person. She, she's got her hands in a lot of different pots. She's got a lot of talent, a lot of skills, and, and uh, I'm lucky. Are you guys coming to the Halloween party? Well, we got, we got to talk about that. We <laughs> might be out of town. <laughs> oh, um, man. If, if we're in town, though... We're going to come, so cool. I'll let you know as soon as I know. But family's beckoning from northern Utah, so we'll see. Am I weird for having, like, an adult costume party for Halloween? No, I think it's fun. Yeah, like, right? Just keep it. Keep it. Why, do, why when we get older, do we have to, like, all of a sudden get boring? And... It doesn't make sense. I'd still trick-or-treat if I didn't get weird. Right? Okay, yeah. Thank you. And that's Candy. why we vibe, you know? That's yeah. why we get along so well. Sweet. So talk to me about... I'm familiar with you had a very important relationship in your wife in your life um, before you met your wife, but we're we might not be talking about the same category here. And in 2014, you ended up ending that relationship. I did. What What was that? Alcohol. What was that about? Oh, yeah. So you're a person in long term recovery. Booze. You bet. Vodka was my best friend, my girlfriend, my confidant, all sorts of things, and and uh, it was it was a hairy relationship. It was very codependent. Mm. Or mostly I was dependent. Checks out. Yeah. Yeah. So, checks out. Uh, I had to end that relationship and, and I'm glad I did. I really am glad I did. So my life has improved 
dramatically. My health's improved dramatically. Um, I feel like I'm a little smarter. So a lot of good things by probably more aware for sure. Right? I'm alert. Yeah. <laughs> and I can see, I can see the errors of my ways a lot better now. Uh, yeah, that, that happened in 2014. Um, that I, obviously I, that wasn't the start of my journey to recovery, but that's when I finally figured it out. And, um, it's just been a gift. Um, I, I can't say too much about it. Everything changed when I decided. Prior, prior to that, I was, a, I was in business. I was in the fitness field and in a couple other different fields. And um, I got sober. I, got, I found a wonderful woman. And then I just realized I couldn't focus on money. Money couldn't be my focus. I had to do something that I just wanted to do and hope the money came. So I did that, and uh, I went and got my, my uh, counseling certificate so that I could do this full-time, and it is an ASUDC, an ASUDC, or whatever we want to call it. And I've been doing that now for about, um, I guess if you include my internships and all of that stuff, about seven years. So, wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You said something, though, that interested me, and this isn't going to be a whole, right? This isn't like the journey for, for Darren Judd into recovery that maybe one day we'll get that, but today we're going to talk about a topic. However, you said that you work in business, and I know business is sales. I know sales mm-hmm. is like every month you got to do better than last month type of a deal, or at least better LY, right? Better than last year. Do you think at all that that high-pressure sales had anything to do with your drinking? Like, in other words, do you think you drink to cope with that stress? You know, that's a good question. I can say this for certain. Um, the stress of trying to meet goals and, it, and that constant achievement, whatever you achieved is yesterday's news. It's mm-hmm. time to achieve again. Uh, it taught me to celebrate hard. And so celebration was always again with booze. And okay. so, so it's it kind of the opposite of what I thought. I it, was thinking stress, but for you, obviously you're successful because you're celebrating all the time. Yeah, we were celebrating every weekend if we could. You know, that was the goal, <laughs> definitely at least once a month. And that celebration got harder and harder, meaning we were drinking more and more. Sure. And so eventually, yeah, I started uh, changing how I drank. So over the, over the years, it did kind of change. But I was actually late to the game in drinking. I didn't drink until um, later like the end of college. I didn't, I didn't try to do too much sneaking of it. I, I got to say I, I did a little bit in high school, but um, not too much. Yeah, and then I, I took years away from it. So, Our stories are similar that way. I, I didn't, like I wasn't, you know, I was always very involved in athletics and school functions and things like that, whether it was high school, college. Um, my addiction started later in life, mm-hmm. right? And so some of us, are, that's just our story. Yeah, right? that's that would happen. That was. Okay, so we are going to title this when I said, Darren, I'd love to have you come on. What do we, you know, what do we want to talk about? You know, you're, you're a pretty, you know, humble guy. You didn't necessarily want to just share just your story. Plus you're an educated dude. We do this both for a living. We want to talk about marrying motivation mm-hmm. with discipline. Right. Talk to me about that. Like, what does that look like for you? Why do you feel like you're passionate about that? Why do you feel like the listeners need to hear marrying those two things together. Gotcha. Uh, really, I'm passionate about it because I think it goes even beyond addiction or it goes beyond recovery. Um, so many of us have dreams. We have goals. We have all of these things we want to achieve. And when we're emotionally excited about it, when we read a wonderful Instagram post or somebody gives us a really cool quote or we watch a good movie, whatever the case it is, we are go, go, go. We're so excited for this change in our life, whether it be getting educated, um, getting healthy, right? Setting up a nutrition plan, whatever the case is, in that moment, we're ready to go. We're amped up. We're We're amped up. Yeah. And then we say, tomorrow, this is going to be the plan. I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to make this all happen. And then we wake up and hit snooze. I think as a society, we do that once a year for sure, right? Definitely. Like, like you've worked in the fitness industry. I've worked in the fitness industry. What's the best month? It's January. January, right? Because we all get we all get pumped. We all eat way too much for the holidays, right? Yeah. That Thanksgiving turkey oh, yeah. and pie. Mm-hmm. And then you do the cookies and the cakes and mm-hmm. everything through Christmas. Yeah. Who am I kidding? I'm starting right now, dude. I'm eating. Me too. My wife gets mad at me because I'm eating the fun size candy bars that are meant for the trick or treaters, right? They're for them. <laughs> I thought they <laughs> were for me. Thank you. See, 
he's co-signing my crap. Babe. Absolutely. So, so, and then of course, January rolls around right. and we're like, I, I want, I want to get fit. Yeah. This doesn't look good on me. It doesn't feel good. Time to make a change. And most people last about how long? Ooh, not long. I'd like to give a lot of credit and say maybe a couple months, but not even that sometimes. Yeah. In my experience, like weeks, mm-hmm. like if they make it past one week, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stoked for them. I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but when I was in, uh, in the gym business, there was a percentage of people we knew that would just, and we counted on this, people that would just sign up and never show. Oh, sure. Yeah. And we just would collect that. Now we wanted to make sure we were there and ready for them when they got there. I don't want to say that we're, we're hoping that happens. You know, the, the doors were open, the equipment was clean, it was ready to go. But yeah, we knew, I don't remember what it was. It's been too long, but it, it was, uh, I'd have to say at least 10%. Some, some guy in the gym business, some female in the gym business is like, no, it's way more than that. But I don't remember, but it was, it was part of the plan. I got to tell you guys a funny little gym story. This applies. Uh, I was at the gym. And this this topic came up, and the, he's, he said that he had one customer call up saying, hey, I'm getting this bill. He's like, well, yeah, the last time you were here was 3,500 days ago. Wow. He had been paying a monthly bill for his gym for over 3,000 days. Never used it. Never used it. Oh, yeah. Probably forgot. Yeah. I don't want to go too much into this, but I actually, when I was working, so I was over membership sales. Mm-hmm. And a really good friend of mine was over personal training. And he wanted to make more, you know, obviously he makes a percentage off personal training sales. And so he, we approached the owner of the facility in with this idea, like, mm-hmm. hey, check it out. We're going to look up the people that are using their gym membership that don't come in. You know, my buddy will call them, offer them some free sessions right. of personal training to get them in, teach them a little bit about the gym, get them a little bit more comfortable, and then hopefully sell them on personal training. Mm-hmm. The owner, and I'm not giving out names, I'm not going to say the facility, but the owner said, absolute, don't you dare do that. Don't rock the boat. And we were like, wait, what? Why? And he's like, because you call somebody and tell them, hey, we've noticed you're not paying for this membership. Come Mm -hmm. on in for some, they're more likely to just discontinue their membership than they are show up for their personal training sessions. Absolutely. (sighs) Mind blown, right? Crazy. So how does this relate to recovery? Relating this to recovery looks like this. A lot of people would agree with this. Some won't. It's easy to get clean. Mm-hmm. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. How many people are reoccurring cycles that cycle through and cycle through and cycle through? It's hard to stay clean. Absolutely. It's because they haven't married that piece of motivation right. with Behaviors, discipline. discipline. Yeah, with right. the follow-through. Mm-hmm. So in, in your mind... What do you contribute that to? Because for me, it's a number of things, right? Like number one, when it comes to recovery, I talk a lot about, maybe not on this podcast, but with my clients, I talk a lot about internal motivation versus external motivation. For sure. And listen, I'm not dogging on like the criminal justice system or moms and dads that plead and beg and cry and right, do Mm -hmm. everything to get their loved one into treatment. But that's all external motivation. Mm-hmm. And listen, if the judge hadn't ordered me to complete treatment, <laughs> I wasn't going to do it on my own accord. For sure. So I'm one of those people that started off with external, just for people out there that are like, you know, up in arms about this right now. Mm-hmm. I very much started off with a nudge from the judge. Sure. As my life started becoming better, and I couldn't deny that these principles I was learning and implementing in my life were working. Mm-hmm my motivation switched from external to please the judge to internal. I want better for me. Absolutely. So, so I think for me to just kind of kick this thing off, that's a big contributor Mm -hmm. for you. What do you contribute some of that to? Well, first of all, I'll, I'll, if someone will come in and see me, see you, see us, um, I'll take, I'll take any kind of motivation. I don't care if it's external or internal. And, and I, I, my passion is hopefully helping them see the value of making it internal, right? If the judge sends them to us, that's fine and they're frustrated. So be it. That's, we'll take them. And then at that point, hopefully, I can, you know, through personal experiences, the education, the different modalities we have, the options we have. There's so many options in recovery now, so many different techniques we can use to get people um, motivated to change to an internal motivation. And then we start teaching them discipline. 
And so, so I'll take them however, however we can get them. But I think so many people in early recovery or those people who cycle on that 30, 60, 90 day time to relapse again, I think as much as they want it, they don't even know what it looks like yet. Mm. They just don't know. And so, um, the only way they can find that, again, the, the motivation starts to die off. The only way they can find that is by seeing small changes give them rewards. And if we can start stacking those to where it's, it's uh, so evident, like you were saying, I started noticing that my life was definitely getting better. If we can see that and they can see it and they can recognize how it happened, they'll repeat it, hopefully, right? And so, you know, it's, 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 we have aha moments throughout recovery, but it's usually not the aha moments that make the recovery stick. All of us heard wonderful things and forgot about it the next day. But what happens is um, a small change that was noticeably important uh, could be just, you know, uh, a small cough going away because we haven't smoked in so long. Yeah. It could be waking up without having to clear our throat. Uh, it could be, you know, some of those aches and pains from, from not taking care of ourselves for all those years in active addiction um, slowly dissipating to where we're just like, I can wake up and move today. And it's from these changes. It's from our choices. Or I can wake up and, like, go to work and function as a normal yeah. member of society without having to, you know, wake up and hit the bottle or wake up and... Mm-hmm. And go pick up from, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Originally, though, like I, when I think of, of motivation, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you also have to take a look at, like, is this something that is that can last? If, in other words, I typically don't like to start something unless I know that I'm going to be able to stick with it. And so yeah. maybe I am talking more about the discipline piece, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, why even why even set myself up to, for something in the beginning if I can't continue it all the way through? Yeah. You know, and what I'm getting at basically is a conversation I have oftentimes with people in treatment is one of your goals should probably look something like this. Just complete the level of care you're at. Yeah. You know, people talk a lot about when we set goals – like, hey, I want to be one year clean, and, mm-hmm. and and it's like, you know, that concept of one day at a time. Yeah, like just, just for today. Just focus, because there's gonna be days that you're gonna hate it. There's gonna be days that are gonna be uncomfortable. There's gonna be days that you're gonna experience emotions you've never experienced for years. Yeah, and it's like, no matter what, just stick with residential, mm-hmm. graduate residential, and then and then see kind of where you're at, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. And by the way, I like those random strange emotions that pop up, right? That's part of the healing process. We've been shoving that down for how long? Oh yeah. Right. It's always hilarious though. Like when, you know, when, when somebody's sitting there and they start getting emotional and they're like, I hate this, you know, it's like, yeah, we all welcome. You're doing it right. Yep. You're feeling it. Yeah. We all remember that moment. So no, it's, it's good stuff. And and that's what we want. Um, I think, and I, I wonder with the external motivation idea, a lot of people do come in just to simply say, if I can get the courts off my back, or if I can get my parents off my back for a while, if I show them good enough, then hopefully everybody will back off. Hopefully the court fines will go away. I can get my driver's license back, probation will leave me alone, whatever the case is. Um, And yeah, that's a lot of short-term goals that can be accomplished by having short-term recovery. Um, But along the way, hopefully they start noticing other things, right? Absolutely. That looked like for me, mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem. It was everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if the police would just leave me alone, if my yeah. family would just get off my back, mm-hmm. right? Because it couldn't be me. No way. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, right? Like I'm, I'm, the, I'm yeah. the greatest. I was just living my life. It wasn't affecting right. anybody else. Yeah. No way. I'm the victim in this thing. For man. sure. People just pick on me. They don't live, they won't leave me alone. So unfair. Couldn't couldn't be the fact that I'm using, uh-huh. you know, illegal substances and, and slowly on the suicide installment plan. That couldn't have been it at yeah. all. And the idea that you can't really trust anything coming out of my mouth anymore. It might be a half truth, maybe, but <laughs> definitely wasn't the full truth. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, I know you got a quote coming up. 
in the second part. We're almost out of time here. We okay. got less than a minute left. Um, yeah, we're going to get back to this and, and hopefully talk a little bit more on this topic. I also want to kind of get some of your story because yours wasn't the traditional way. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was a good way, though. Yeah. It was. And maybe talk about some of the recovery stuff you're doing outside of work. You know what I mean? For sure. And, and what your life consists of. I'm happy to talk. I always love inspiring people, mm-hmm. like bringing people on that I feel like motivate and inspire other people to look into this path, get on this path, start this journey. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Right on. All right. Well, this is the end of uh, episode 99, part one. Join us after this little 30 second break for part two. Again, we got Darren Judd here talking about marrying motivation. It's discipline. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery. And once you become with the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times. And it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right. Thank you, Desmond Lomax. Welcome back to We Do Recover. This is episode 99, part two. Episode 99, part two is brought to us by the Hilton Garden Inn. It is always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. If you or a loved one is looking for a, a good little getaway, maybe check out Zion National Park. Check out, uh, go to Google, type in Hilton Garden Inn, St. George, Utah. They have amazing amenities. It's always clean. Staff's always super friendly. Again, we just appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. So Darren Judd's here with me, one of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. We might have a little bromance going on at work. It's totally fine, right? Judge me. It's it's cool. Uh, one of the other male clinicians. That, I was going to say, aren't we the only two? Yeah, yeah. So, so you you know, it just works out that way. Yeah. Uh, today we're talking about marrying discipline, or sorry, marrying motivation with discipline. Yeah. And we kind of talked about, you know, internal motivation versus external motivation. We've talked a little bit about, like, you know, the discipline piece and being able to follow through. We've talked about breaking it up so that it's, you know, short-term goals. Mm -hmm. Because, again, that reward piece is super important, right? Very important. And when we set these big, long, lofty goals, oftentimes if 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 we don't have a payoff, if it doesn't feel good, if we don't have a pat on the back, we're probably not likely to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. So we talked about, you know, in recovery. I love the gym and recovery comparison, too, Mm -hmm. in part one. That was great. Um, So talk to me a little bit about, I know you got a quote that you were wanting to talk about. It really kind of inspired this. Yeah. So go ahead. Let's get that quote. Well, it's a common quote. I don't know for sure. I, I can't even give credit to who it is, but um, but it's a good one. It's very common, and it's just motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. So it's that idea of we need both. We need Motivation inspires change, right? How important is that to so many of us for so many different things? This podcast is not about knocking motivation at all. I, I'd love... Hearing it's the spark, a man. Yeah. It's, it's the it's exciting. It's emotional. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it changes you. It get it gets you really revved up and ready to go. Um, and that is wonderful. But again, if we rely just on our motivation, we'll go to sleep. We'll have all these plans for tomorrow, and then we'll hit snooze. And then you know we'll see at that point. Um, discipline is that is that next facet that basically says I'm going to wake up. I'm going to wake up when my alarm goes off, and I've, I've already got the things I need to do in order to be successful, right? Those, that structure, that discipline will allow me to get the dopamine I need, and it is still about dopamine, right? For us in recovery, it'll give me the dopamine I need along the way in order to ha- hit those short-term goals and keep going. You know, how many times have we—in fact, I, I find this in my own personal life— my best workouts tend to be the workouts that I didn't want to go to. Oh, yeah. Right? Hands down. 
You just struggle getting there. You think to yourself, I'll show up and maybe I'll do this. Yeah. And then you get in there and something feels a little better than you thought, you know. I almost feel like like I have, you know, uh, what's it called where, like, you, you don't feel like uh, imposter syndrome right now, okay. right? Because I've been guilty of that. Oh, for sure. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to, like, a YouTube, right? Like, a uh, Eric Thomas, great mm-hmm. motivational speaker, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a change. I'm right. And, and I'm all pumped up and I'm emotionally driven. And then it's like, you know, like you said, that, that alarm goes off. I can't even look at my wife right now. Cause she, that alarm goes off at five in the morning. And it's like, but do I, I mean, I'm oh, so yeah. warm. Yeah. I'm, I'm cozy in mm-hmm. these sheets, mm-hmm. you know, got this cute, beautiful girl next to me. Do I really want to get up yeah. in the cold and go to the gym? Uh, thank you, Eric Thomas, for getting me pumped up. And so listen, I've been guilty of this, man. Of course, we all have. Right? But I think it's super important because, again, I, I, we're using the gym as an example, but I see people do this in recovery all the time. You know, you've heard of the pink cloud. Yeah. You know, they get super pumped up. They're, they're, there's kind of some, I don't want to call it brainwashing, but there, okay. there's there's like a culture. We talked today about milieu in the group that I read, yeah, right? Do. There mm-hmm. is a social influence on people in treatment. Yes, there is. And they learn the lingo and they start talking recovery and they start going to these fellowship meetings and they, you know, they, they, hopefully they're taking suggestions and getting sponsors and they're fired up. Hopefully they're fired up about it. And then a lot of the times that pink cloud seems to kind of dissipate and go away. And if they don't have that dedication, if they don't have that discipline, we see them back typically later. We do, or, or you know, you 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 see them out, and you can tell that they're they're not in a good place, and that breaks my heart. Yeah, you but know? we we can create it for them. We can help create it for them, and it's there's so many simple tools. But one of them that I love to do is is ask them to create a schedule, and ask them to put things on that schedule that I call non-negotiable. Mm. You know, and you know, work is like your standard. Like this is my standard. This is it. I'm going to do these things. And for most of us, it's go to work, come home, eat food, sleep, right? It's those things. Be polite to the people we care about. Hopefully meet their needs if we can, you know, or or possibly go above expectations. But non-negotiables can be a lot of other things. Non-negotiables in recovery can look like scheduling meditation. Mm Mm-hmm. Scheduling the gym, since we've been on that for a while. Scheduling eight hours of sleep. There are these things that we learn in recovery that feel so good to us that we've neglected for however long our active use was, yeah. right? Yeah. Poor sleep, right? Whatever it was, we've neglected even, even those things. Even making, like, an assignment that I love is the powerless and the unmanageability assignments. Mm-hmm. And even on there, it asks questions like, were you making it to the dentist for routine checkups? Absolutely. Were you going to the doctor once a year to get a physical? Were you current on your insurance? Yeah. Were you, did you have a valid driver's license? Yeah. Right? Because beyond the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. oftentimes those are some of the first things that go to the wayside because we just stop doing it. We do. We it's stop. no longer important. Yeah. And it can be, it can be as simple, and, and we can get wins based on understanding this. When's the last time you drank enough water? Are you hydrated? Sure. Have you ever noticed how great you feel when you're hydrated? If you haven't been in a week, your brain works, you sleep better, your skin feels better, you're not itchy, scratchy, whatever the case is, which can be a trigger for a lot of people in recovery. Oh, yeah. So there's so many things that you can just throw and say, I will do these things each day, right? I will do these things not because I'm going to get paid to do them, but because if I do them, I'll feel better. And if I can consistently say these things work for me, you know, on a day where I don't want to do it and I get to that point where my motivation is gone, but I have it written down and I can do, it's like a honey-do list, right? Like I want these things are going to make my life so much better. So I'll do it not because I necessarily want to, but because I've said this is as important for my recovery as going to work and making a paycheck is. And that can be something like meditation, right? or setting an intention in the morning, or setting a goal about uh, positive self-talk. So there's so many things that people can put on their list. Again, I call it non-negotiables because it just makes sense to me. These are the things I have to do. 
And if I can stack enough days up, we create habits. And, and momentum. The, and momentum. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it is, it's, it's a lot of fun when you see it happen. Think of how many people go on a nutrition plan or a diet, whatever you want to call it, right? And in the beginning, they don't lose any weight. I always like to remind them, but did you gain any? Because you came here, you started this because you were gaining weight. Sure. So maybe you didn't lose any, but did you gain any? And how much of that weight, just pure standing on the scale, is muscle versus fat? Are you Absolutely. doing your body fat? Right. right? Like, are you, yeah. what, is your, what does that mass index actually look like? And if you don't, you know, if you feel better, then there, there will be a little bit of motivation still con continuing on from that. But if they'll keep showing up, if you can focus on the other things, like how do you feel? Have you noticed your inches, mm -hmm. right? All of those different things, then they'll keep showing up and eventually the weight changes and it does start decreasing. Recovery is the same. We'll stack good days the longer we do it if we focus on the discipline. And we can find new motivation along the way. That should change, in fact. I, my motivation for recovery since 2014 has been all over the place. Oh, sure. You know? We talked about the Zane yeah. group, too. Yeah. Like, I don't think the peak, I don't think the peak cloud has to go away. It doesn't. I think that you find new ways to keep you motivated. And I think you find new ways. Like for me, I've shared this. I got my first five years in AA, mm -hmm. right? And then I moved to Southern Utah and I, you know, started doing some NA stuff and it just wasn't, it, it, it didn't light my recovery fire as much as AA did for the first five years. Gotcha. Right. And, and not to knock whatever, right. It, it was a me thing. It wasn't a them thing. It was a for me sure. thing. Um, so I started reading self-help books mm -hmm. and that I, I could take the principles from those self-help books and apply it to recovery. Right. Absolutely. So like, um, extreme, ex extreme ownership by Jacko Willingson Lee. Mm -hmm. I know I've talked about that quite a bit. It was a huge impact on my life. Um, I took that concept of accountability and started applying it to the relationships that I'd burned in the past. Okay. And like, like, where's my accountability in those things? Mm -hmm. Like, no wonder why I, 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 you know, couldn't run to the gas station and get a drink without my mom calling me every five minutes is yeah. because how many times did I say I was going to the gas station and three hours later I come home loaded. Right. Right. Like, like that's, mm -hmm. I've trained her. That's right. Like, yeah, I've trained her to think that. Yeah. She has to call you now. Right. She's and, disciplined. And you so, weren't. So basically I, I found different ways, whether it was self-help books, uh, you know, starting to work in the field. I started mm -hmm. off as a, a tech. Right. When nobody wanted to work, man. Like we're talking Christmas, you know, yeah. Christmas night, way back in the day when I was a tech, I had, I took a picture of all the clients standing around in just their socks, obviously just the socks, right? Just the feet mm -hmm. because, you know, confidentiality, mm -hmm. but like, um, yeah. And, and that lit my recovery fire, Yeah, you know, just finding different ways to, to really keep that motivation married to the discipline. And I don't want to go too far off track, but I, I was running a night group and it was just so happened to be on Thursday nights. And so Thanksgiving is Thursday. Mm. At one point, I was at a Thanksgiving family party 50 miles outside of town and I was in charge of going back and running a group. And I went back to run that group and nobody showed up. I was all by myself that night. And it was so discouraging. I, I got to be honest, it was so discouraging. But Christmas that same year was also on a Thursday <laughs> and I ran a... Thursday night group for Christmas, over 30 people. Wow. It was beautiful. And all I could think of on that Christmas group was what's going to happen? Should I even show? Again, right. I wasn't motivated. What's the point of even going? What's the point of Nobody even going? Nobody was there for Thanksgiving. But I had made that commitment, and it was a big part of my recovery is following through with commitments, and I showed up, and the room was packed. It was so cool. It was yeah. one, of the, one of the best Christmases. I came, I came back home, shared it with my family, and they were they were very thankful I went because they recognized not all of us have family, not of us, especially when we're not healthy, are welcome with family. Mm. So so they even benefited from it. So it was it was really cool. So you know, again, that's like that's what you do early on to stay healthy, right? You pick up what you have to pick up. Absolutely. It's funny when you were talking before about um the non negotiables mm -hmm. and stacking days and getting small wins. Uh it, it reminded me, for some reason, I just had this come back in my mind. Um, the first time I got pulled over and I didn't have any drugs on me. Huge and I win. knew that I had my insurance paid. I knew I was driving on a valid driver's license. I, I knew I was living, I was doing the next right thing. Right. Right. Like I, like my, my standards, my non-negotiables mm -hmm. had raised. So much. 
it was like <laughs> the biggest adrenaline rush when I saw those red, red and blues. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, yeah, red and blues yeah, behind me. Blue. Um, and then like it, I got the payoff. Mm-hmm. I thought, what am I freaking out about? Like, why is my heart rate at one forty right now? Right? Like, I got nothing to worry about. Like, I'm mm-hmm. cool. And they called in the drug dogs. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Davis County, listen, to this day, bro, it's been it's been years. And to this day, if I get pulled over in Davis County, it used to be a joke with my kids, mm-hmm. right? They'd be sitting in the back seat. And I'd get pulled over, and they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, Dad, are they going to do the dog trick? Oh, no. Because we'd roll up the windows, right? And, of yeah. course, I'm embarrassed. And they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, they're just doing a dog trick, you know? Anyways, I know that's my victim mentality coming back out. But. Davis County, Utah loves to pull me over and call in the narcotics dog. But today I'm cool with that because it's a payoff. Yeah. It's a win. Yeah. It, it can be a reminder of how far we've come. I, yeah. Absolutely. You know, in the beginning, it, it'll hurt. None of us like it in the beginning, right? When, when people have expectations so low for us because we set the bar so low when we were at that phase in our life. And then later on, if we see how low the bar was, to me at least, now, because I'm committed to this, I'm really excited to see that I've been able to improve enough that what they used to not think they could get from me is just so easy to achieve now. I don't get mad anymore. I don't get embarrassed. I don't get sensitive about it. I actually get to say, like, oh, I got this. This is easy. Yeah. I was going to say, in your clinical... Uh, uh, opinion of me, am I a sick individual if, if in that moment I actually did like it? Because I was like, yeah, call in as many drug dogs as yeah. you want. I'm, I'm cool. It just feels good to know <laughs> that we can change our own bar, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So your quote was amazing. I loved it. Say it one more time. Um, motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. Motivation gets you going. Mm-hmm. Discipline keeps you growing. I, I love that. I'm totally going to slaughter this. Okay. But at the gym um, that I go to, there is a quote on the wall. This uh-huh. is where I get my quotes, man. It's not Pinsta, you know, it's not Pinterest, it's uh-huh. not Instagram, um, and it says something to the effect of, "Oh, here we go. You commitment is sticking to. Yes, commitment is sticking to your decision long after the motivation has has gone." Or or the emotion has gone. Right. That's and I totally slaughtered it. I guarantee I'm gonna go look tomorrow and be like, oh man, but you get the idea, right? Get the idea for sure. Commitment is sticking Mm -hmm. uh sticking to it long after the motivation is gone. And I think that's the same thing with with the discipline, right? Mm -hmm. And um what that kind of it it made me think of this whole topic because every time I see that, it's a good motivator for me or it keeps me going. Like, okay, I set this goal. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not going to achieve it by coming once. I've got to continually show up and do this thing. You know, until it becomes a habit. Right. I I shared that I got an awesome wife. She taught me a pretty, pretty powerful lesson about myself that I didn't notice. Let's get it. So we blended a family in my recovery. We each have a biological son. We got married. So we have two kids, right? Two boys. And um, early recovery is exhausting. Right. Oh, yeah. It's hard. You're just trying. Everything's to, hard. Everything's hard. You're All to, of it. You're trying to. You're trying to learn how to live again. Absolutely. And um, a, a big part of my recovery was getting back healthy again. I I put on weight. I was unhealthy, which meant I was low energy. All of these things. And one of the goals that I committed to was running, long distance running. And and not everyone likes that. I hate it. Yeah, I did too at the time. But I'd committed and I'd promised to some other people. And in the beginning, blending a family, we had sports for our kids. Our kids were in different sports, different, far enough apart in age that they had different schools. We were busy and we were both working full time. And um, I started running. And in the beginning, you know, a mile or two might take you 15, 20 minutes. But then you get up to 10 miles and you're doing that frequently, most days, right? Because eventually you got to get the goal back then was to get to 26.2. Now you've got me interested. Mm-hmm. Were, were you running just to run or the 26.2? Were you training for like a marathon? I was training for a few different things. The ultimate goal would be within a year to get to a marathon. And I did okay. that. And marathons are how long? 26.2 miles. Yeah, there it was. Yeah. That's why. So the first one that I was going to run was called a spirit run. And it was uh, an amazing experience, but it was 15 miles. And it was, it was causing chaos in our schedule, and it was hard, and I was, I was dropping the ball on a lot of things. 
And I committed to my wife, if you just allow me to do this because I committed to it, I know it's going to be stressing out our schedule, taxing our schedule and our time. But if I do this, then I promise I'll come back and I'll be better. And she said, okay, she's cool. And um, we just went at it, you know. And so, again, workouts in the beginning to, to run a couple miles is, is not any longer than a regular gym visit. But now if you got to go on a Wednesday and hit 10 miles, you know, because I was mm. a little bit chubby and a little bit lazy for too long and, and all of that, <laughs> it takes some time. And so I was really gone a lot. And um, I did it. I achieved my goal. I did my 15-miler. I was super sore for about 48 hours. How long in recovery do you have at this point? Um good question because like when you're drinking a lot like you Mm -hmm. said you know you were chubbing a little out of shape Mm -hmm. i'm sure a lot of that had to do with the alcohol yeah and then my replacement drug which is when i stopped drinking vodka i went straight to gummy bears by the hand sugar baby yeah oh yeah needed that dopamine for sure that's still my doc yeah people are like and ice cream yeah they're like so you're a heroin addict and i'm like well yeah but i'm still a sugar addict still yeah (laughs) yeah so um my wife was really cool with letting me run it. Yeah. I hit that goal, which was to run that 15 mile event. And I got through my soreness and I said, I said, all right, like, where can I step back in as the family? And she looked at me and she says, you're not stopping. You mm. keep this going. And I was like, what? Like we, this has been a, a sensitive topic. I have been neglectful with the family and with time and events. You've been running extra errands. There's no doubt about it. And she just said, you are more checked in as a father and more checked in as a husband when you're healthy. Mm. And this has absolutely changed that. I was more disciplined from doing that, and it didn't just keep me sober, and it didn't just make me a better runner. According to her, and I, I hope she's right, she's usually right, I was a better father. I was a better husband because I was learning or relearning how to set goals. And I should say relearning. My parents did a good job of training me in that as a kid, but I had to get back to it. And that's the discipline aspect, right? Is some of us learn it at a young age, some of us don't. Yeah. But to be to to do well in recovery, goal setting is is vital, right? And discipline is such a part of goal setting and and that running aspect taught me how to achieve goals again. And again, I was, you know, because because of who we are and how we act, I was ready to say, okay, I did it. You know, yeah. I'm a year sober, right. whatever the case is, we all have those. And she said, no. I've no. made it to the finish line in yeah. my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Accomplishment. I got my little medal. Good to go. And uh, she was a wonderful assistant to say, you don't see that you're better in every way from this, so stick to it. This is a new non-negotiable, not necessarily running, but right. something like that, right. right? You've raised your standard in a different yeah. area of your, lo- yeah. of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And it carried over to so much more, right? Not just that standard. But That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little jealous because, so my wife signed up for a half marathon. Oh, cool. And so then I was like, well, listen, I want to share that experience with you because we're, we're real big into experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, now I'm doing a half marathon next month. Next month. Yeah, and I've done zero training. So we might need to just start running together. I can set Aaron. you up with the schedule. We yeah. Might, yeah. I might need your help on that. Absolutely. So true story, my, uh, my youngest son turns 13 this year. He turned, well, 13 in January. And we're doing a maturation program with him. I, I'm very much uh, these days into teaching young boys how to become men. So he's doing a maturation program and what we've picked out, and he's stoked on this. He's already better at running than I am, and we're just getting into the training. But uh, he's doing 13 miles, 13.1, a half marathon, right after he turns 13. Wow. That's part of his maturation program. So we're in the midst of it. He just did his first four-mile four mile run the other day. And he did it, I think, in about 37, 38 minutes. Wow. 12 years old. Four miles. Four miles. Dang. He was pumped. That's that's exciting. Pumped. I yeah. like the maturation thing. That that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's it's important, cool. I think. I think one of the things that I, we got about two minutes here that I want to end on with this topic is when it comes to when it comes to the motivation, we talked about this kind of in group earlier today too. Um, you know, I think oftentimes a lot of people want to be rescued. They want to be saved, right? And so... They expect for for other people to kind of come in and fill in that role for them. I like to use this comparison. I've been in the subways of life, mm-hmm. right? Like I've been down in those subways. Sure. I I can as a counselor 
as a mentor for those of you that are sponsors out there, we can go back down into those subways and we can help pick people up. Mm -hmm. We can give them all the motivation in the world and get them fired up for, for life. I can show you where the stairs are. Right. But you're going to have to be the one to walk every single one of those stairs. I can't pull you up the stairs. I can't put you on my back and, and carry you. You've got to be the one. And that's, I think, where the discipline comes in. Absolutely. Because it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why people have the reoccurring, you know, like you said, 30, 60, 90 days, and yeah. then they fall off again. Um, what are your, kind of your thoughts on that? Is that a pretty accurate metaphor? Oh, totally. Metaphor? Yeah, totally. I, you know, it, it's it's somewhat similar to what pops into my mind or, or what popped into my mind when you said that is is to truly be, uh, to be a healer, one must first heal themselves, mm. right? And um, we're working on that. We're still far from it, you know. People around us still definitely know our quirks and, and our oh, shortcomings. Absolutely. But we've done some of that legwork so much that we can go down there with them and we can say, come on, I got you. You got this. But truly, it's all about them. The changes they make, the discipline, they, the discipline and the choices that they pick up along the way, we can be their cheerleader. We can tell them which way is a bad route, might take them a little bit longer, and which one sends them backwards. We can do all that, but they've got to do it. They've got to do it. It's on them. And they'll heal themselves, and it'll be their own path. It won't be ours, but hopefully we give them a technique or a trick along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 This has been fun, man. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on here. We're going to have to do this again. One of these times I want to get like your story in chronological order. Oh, boy. You know, have you back yeah. on again. So um, thank you guys for checking this out. Again, we just want to ask you, please share this out. You know, uh, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. It always helps when you guys are sharing this stuff out. We will see you next week on the 28th. Doc Sellers will be in studio. See you then. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.